All right, let's take our Bibles, open to the book of Micah, and uh, Micah chapter 3. Micah chapter 3, and um, of course we have the Master Club Awards going to be doing tonight. Uh, They'll be coming in a little bit later, so I have to go quick. Um, Well, it's got to be short, but I've got a lot in it, so I got to, you know, I got to, I'm going to have to speak fast tonight, right? So uh, I don't know how well I can do that, but we'll, we'll, we'll just go as far as we can, all right? Um, so Micah chapter 3, Micah chapter 3, and um, we'll begin reading in verse number 1, and um, I really want to read the whole chapter here, uh, just again, so we understand where we're at. Um, Micah chapter 3, and I said, this is Micah speaking, here I pray you, O heads of Jacob, and ye princes of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know judgment? Who hate the good and love the evil, who pluck off their skin from off them and their flesh from off their bones, who also eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them, and they break their bones and chop them in pieces as for the pot and as flesh within the cauldron. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry peace, and he hath... He that putteth not in their mouths, they even prepare war against him. Therefore night shall be unto you, that ye shall not have a vision, it shall be dark unto you. That ye shall not divine, and the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be, be dark over them. Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. But truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord, and of judgment, and of might, to declare unto Jacob his transgression, and to Israel his sin." Hear this, I pray you, ye heads of the house of Jacob and princes of the house of Israel, that abhor judgment and pervert all equity. They build up Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. The heads thereof judge for reward, and the priests thereof teach for hire, and the prophets thereof divine for money. Yet will they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? None evil can come upon us. Therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps and the mountain of the house as the high places of the forest. I have to say, Micah chapter 3 is uh, probably one of the uh, most gruesome chapters that I've ever read in the Bible. Um, I, was, I mean, I know I've read the book of Micah before, but I, until I actually stopped and started studying it and reading it slowly, I was quite taken back by what I read. Um, and and we'll, we'll get that in a, in a minute. But uh, as we saw Micah promising uh, judgment coming upon Israel in chapter 2 and uh, because of their uh, rejection of God. And then uh, we saw last week that at the end of uh, chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, that Micah promises that uh, he reminds them that the king is coming and, and to be faithful. And so now Micah switches back from those who are being faithful back to Israel. Uh, as the nation as a whole, right? And watch what he says here. And I said, Here I pray you, O heads of Jacob, and ye princes of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know judgment? So notice there are two rebukes here that Micah is going to give here in chapter 3. One of them is to the, uh, to the uh, we could say, the, the government leaders or the political leaders, but then the second one is to the religious leaders. There are two rebukes that he gives them, right? And he begins with the government leaders here. He says, O heads of Jacob and ye princes of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know judgment? 
So think about what he's saying. He's talking, he's calling out these uh, political leaders, these government leaders, the, the kings and the princes and all of those in charge. And he says, it, it, it's, is it not supposed to be those in authority to know judgment and justice? Is it not supposed to be those who are in authority who are to, to look at the law and say, hey, this is wrong and this is right, uh, to, to be what we would say fair in, in their dealings? And yet instead of the leaders being just and, and holding themselves and others to the law, look what he accuses them of. Look at this rebuke that he has for them, right? In verse number two, who hate the good and love the evil. I mean, that's, that's pretty straightforward right there. Who hate the good and love the evil. Now, remember, God is the one who instituted the government, right? God is the one that ordained the government. There, we would say there are three institutions that God has, has ordained. That is the family uh, or the home, the government, and the church. Those are the three institutions that God has ordained. And, and as God has placed the government uh, for a purpose, uh, he places leaders there so that good will be loved and evil hated. In fact, uh, if you flip over to Romans chapter 13 with me really quick, in Romans chapter 13, where God tells us that we are to be subject to those in authority, he says, let every soul, in verse number one, be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So he says, God is the one that has placed the government, Right? Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. So he says, you resist the government, you're going to be judged. But notice verse 3, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. So notice God says he has instituted the government to uphold that which is good. He has instituted the government. For, the laws are there for good, to, to make sure that good is being done, not evil. Okay? But watch what happens. He says, what, is the, what have the, relig- or the, the political leaders, the government leaders, done in Israel? He says, they hate the good and love the evil. Just the exact opposite of what God has ordained the government to be. And he says, who hate the good and love the evil. Amos says the same thing about them, about Israel in Amos chapter 5, in verses 14 and 15. He says, seek good and not evil that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. Uh, Amos is calling them out with the same thing. Look, you're you're just the opposite of what God has made it to be. You you ought to hate evil and love good, right? Um, Again, it's just just really amazing as we go through Scripture and things, and and I I know we're talking about Israel. I know we're talking about Judah and and the tribes of Israel, but I'm telling you, you might as well stick America right there, right? I mean, we have... Uh, we have leaders that hate good and love evil. That, that's what's happening in our country. Just the opposite, again, the opposite of what God established. The, the leaders were there for good, to, to hold people accountable for, for justice and, and to be just in their dealings. But what happens is, uh, just what happened here, instead of loving the good and hating the evil, 
He said, no, we're going to love the evil and hate the good. But you know what's interesting? Righteous leaders love God's law. Righteous leaders love God's law. Righteous leaders are not afraid of God's law. In fact, uh, if we read in Psalms chapter 1, of course, if you know Psalms chapter 1, it talks about the, the blessed man, right? And in Psalms chapter 1 and verse number 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. God says a man that's going to be blessed is going to be in the law, and he's going to delight in the law of God. In, in Psalms chapter 19, in Psalms chapter 19, in verse number 7, uh, he says this, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. God said, this is, this is what a righteous person does. When we follow God's law and we follow God's way, man, he talks about the, the good things that happen, rejoicing the heart, enlightening of the eyes, uh, the, the, uh, the, the true and righteous judgments that are there. God says, that's what a, a righteous leader ought to desire, to follow the ways of God. Uh, again, Paul tells us in, uh, in Romans chapter 2, in Romans chapter 2, um, again, when we're thinking about what's happening here, um, in Romans chapter 2, he says in verse number 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Think about what he's saying here. Paul says, hey, we like to judge other people. We like to say, well, they're they're horrible and they're bad and they're doing wrong and they're all doing all these different things. But then he says, well, hey, what about you? You don't have a problem judging anybody else, but what's really interesting is you're judging those people and yet you're doing something very similar. Right? Right? I mean, he says, we don't have a problem judging other people. We don't have a problem pointing out other people's wickedness and other people's evil and other people's wrongdoings. But he says, what about, what about you? Right? Uh, and, and again, we can, uh, we, can, we can criticize and we can say, man, the political leaders in our society, they just they hate the good. They, they love evil and, and they're just not doing right. And, and yes, we, we ought to hold them accountable. But at the same time, we've got to be careful and say, hey, what about me? Am I loving what is good? Am I hating what is evil? Right? Because how can I hold them to a standard that I'm not willing to hold myself? We don't like it when they hold us to a standard that they're not willing to hold to themselves. So why would we want to hold them to a standard that we're not willing to hold to ourselves? Again, this is what Paul is saying. Hey, you want to judge them, but hey, you're basically doing the same thing. If we as Christians aren't willing to love the good and hate the evil, what right do we have to judge them? What right do we have to say, hey, well, how come you can't lead our country better? Wait a minute. No, we're accountable to ourselves. We're accountable to God for ourselves, right? And this is what he's saying here. He says, these leaders, they hated the good. They love the evil. Watch what he says here. <laughs> Again, who pluck off their skin from off them and their flesh from off their bones. That doesn't sound very nice, right? Who also eat the flesh of my people 
and flay their skin from off them. And they break their bones and chop them in pieces as for the pot and as flesh within the cauldron. Look, I got to say, that's pretty gruesome right there. That's pretty, that's pretty gruesome. You say, do you think they're really doing that? I mean, that sounds like cannibalism. It does sound like cannibalism, doesn't it? You say, do you really think they were doing that? I don't think that they were actually doing that. I think he's showing just how, how wicked they were and how they were treating people. It was, it's like worse than animals, right? I mean, this is horrible here. Micah compares what they're doing to cannibalism. And we would say, man, that's a horrible thing. Cannibalism, that's horrible. Um, peeling their skin off, tearing their flesh from their bones. I mean, verse 3 is pretty graphic. Eating the flesh of my people flaying the skin off of them, breaking their bones, chopping them in pieces like you would cut up a piece of meat for a stew. That's pretty horrible. But he's showing just how bad it is. How bad they're treating the poor, how bad they're treating the widows, how bad they're treating the orphans, how bad it is. And, and we've seen this both in Micah and in Amos where they just take whatever they want. They steal. Again, when someone comes and says, hey, uh, you know, you're supposed to be the judge. This guy's trying to steal this from me. Guess what happens? The one, that steal, the one that's trying to steal it from him says, hey, I'll, I'll give you 10% if you'll just make it my way. And so the judge says, all right, yeah, it's going to go to him. Well, wait, what about me? It's, it's rightfully mine. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm the judge, right? And he says just the way they were treating people was just horrific. It was just, it was wrong. And that's why, uh, again, he's, he's showing them just how graphic this is. Um, in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 17, he says, Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Right? He's saying you ought to, you ought to be pleading for the widow. You ought to be uh, relieving the oppressed. But instead, they're oppressing the oppressed. Instead, they're not pleading for the widow. They're trying to take from the widow. Instead of trying to help those families that have lost their fathers, they're taking even more from them. It was just such, there was just such wickedness being done here. Again, think about what, what he said back in Amos. Seek good and not evil. This is, again, what he's saying. You're, you're, you're hating the good and loving the evil. But this is interesting. So he talks, he's calling out these political leaders. He's calling, out, calling them out for their wickedness. But notice what he says in verse number four. Watch what they do. When things start going bad, not for the people, the things have already gone bad for the people. When things start going bad for everybody else, then shall they cry unto the Lord but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. Think about that. What a a powerful statement that God makes here. That God says he will hide his face from them. I mean, we understand God is merciful. We understand, I mean, you think about the mercy that God shows to us. I mean, just even willing to to have his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, the mercy and the grace that he shows. But what does it take for God to hide his face from those? And watch what it says in verse number four. 
Then shall they cry unto the Lord. What does it take for God to hide his face from those who are crying out to him? We would think, well, surely God would never do that. I mean, God God is always there. God is long-suffering. God is always going to listen. God is always going to answer. Yes, God is long-suffering, but God says there comes a point in time where enough is enough. And not only enough is enough, but God says, I'm not... You're, I'm not even going to be around. God says, he, he, not only is he not, not, I mean, he hears them, right? He says, I'll not, he, I'll not answer you, but he says he will hide his face from them at that time. They're, they're crying out, right? When things aren't going well for them, they start going bad. They have the audacity. Again, think about this. They have the audacity to cry out to God for mercy. These people who are not showing mercy to anyone else, These people who are stealing and robbing and being so cruel, they actually have the audacity when things start going bad for them to cry out to God for mercy and help. I wonder why they would do that. Why do you think they have that audacity to be able to say, hey, I know it's it's been we've been doing some pretty wrong things, but now things are starting to go bad for us. Now we better turn back, you know, let's cry out to God. I think it's because of who they were. We're Jews. We're God's chosen people. So we can do anything we want. And no matter how bad it is, when things start going bad for us, we'll just cry out to God and he'll be there. Doesn't matter what we're doing, doesn't matter how bad we're treating people, doesn't matter what's going on. I mean, doesn't matter how wicked we've been, but when things start going bad for me, God, hey, all right, time for you to show up. Time for you to do what I want you to do now. I haven't been doing anything that you've said. In fact, I've been hating the good and loving evil. I've been totally opposite of what you said, but now that things are starting to go bad for me, all right, God, it's time for you to show up. Come on, God. God says, you really think I'm going to show up? The audacity. Wait a minute. Hold on. Before we start judging them, do we not do the same? Do we not live the same? God, I don't need you. I'm not going to do what you want. I'm not going to follow your word. I'm not going to follow what you say. I'm not going to follow what, how you're leading. I'm not going to listen to your conviction. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Things start going bad for us. And what do we want to do? All right, God. Hey, it's time for you to show up. I'm calling out to you, God. God says, really? Really? We, we have this idea that God is like a little genie in the bottle. We just rub the lamp and poof, he appears to do whatever our bidding is. Uh, no, God says, that's not going to happen. God says, I will not hear you. He said he will hide his face from them in that time. Why? As they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. You know, there's something, there's a, there's a biblical principle that we find all throughout Scripture all throughout Scripture, from Genesis all the, way, all the way through. It's a very simple principle. It's called you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. I don't have time for you, God. 
I don't have time to serve you. I don't have time to follow you. I don't have time to do anything. In fact, not only do I not have time for you, I'm going to do the exact opposite of what you want. We treat people harshly with our words. We, we, we're rude. We're, we're cruel. And then all of a sudden when things start going bad, oh God, I, I need you now. Where, where are you, God? God says, yeah, you're on your own. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not around. You didn't need me before. You must not need me now. Again, we understand that God is merciful and God is long-suffering. But there comes a point when God says, look, you have gone so far and you have rejected me so long and you haven't listened to me so long. You know what? You're on your own. Not only will I not hear you, but I'm going to hide my face from you. And he would not answer because of how wicked they were and what they were doing. Look, I, I, it's hard for us to really grasp this. This obviously was, you know, 25, 2600 years ago when this took place. But I would say this must have been pretty wicked. Must have been pretty wicked for God to say, I will not hear you. I'm not going to listen to what you say. And I'm going to hide my face from you. It makes me stop and wonder how wicked it must have been during the days of Noah. I mean, if it's this bad and God says, I'm not even, I'm going to hide my face. I'm going to turn away from you. I'm going to hide my face from you. How bad must have been during the days of Noah when God says that the wickedness was so great that he actually destroyed the earth. Other than those eight people that got into the ark. He rebukes these government leaders for their wickedness. But notice he also rebukes the religious leaders. He says in verse 5, Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry peace, and he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. Therefore night shall be unto you that ye shall not have a vision, it shall be dark unto you that ye shall not divine, and the, the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. So now he addresses the religious leaders concerning the prophets, he says, about the seers and the diviners in verse number 7. Notice his rebuke of them. Notice he says, they make my people err. You understand, it was not the, it was not the political people that were making God's people err. It was the religious leaders that were making God's people err. The political people were just enabling it. They were just saying, okay, yeah, fine, you, you, whatever you want to do. But it was the religious leaders that were making God's people err. It was the religious leaders that were not teaching the truth of the word of God. It was the religious leaders that said, hey, we're just going to, whatever you want to hear, whatever you want, we're just going to give it to you. Notice what he says here. They make my people err that bite with their teeth and cry peace. He says they're cruel. They're biting with their teeth. There's cruelty there. Yet they're crying peace. Everything is good. Everything's hunky-dory. And yet they were the ones enabling the government officials, the government leaders, to do what this injustice. If, if the religious leaders would have done what was right and they would have taught the people what was right, it would have been very easy to turn the country around. But because the religious leaders would not, because the religious leaders would not teach the people the truth, because the religious leaders would not stand against the government leaders when they erred, God's people went astray. 
I'm going to be very, very honest with you. <laughs> I believe there's coming a time in our country. I don't know how far it is. But there's going to be a lot of... Uh, there's going to be a lot of religious leaders that are either going to stand for truth and be thrown in jail or they're going to cower and start teaching false doctrine and leading the people to err. They're going to be the ones enabling the government officials. Look, I, like I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't want to be thrown in jail. You say, Pastor, you're supposed to be a preacher of the word. That's that's one of your callings is to go to jail. What? I didn't find that in Scripture. You're reading a different Bible than I am, person. No. But if we stand for truth, there's going to be many that will. There's going to be many that will. There's going to be many that instead instead of standing for truth, they will bend to whatever society says. Instead of standing firm on the word of God, they have made my people err, God says. The prophets, they are the ones that bite with their teeth and cry peace. Watch this. Watch what he says here. And he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. I found this very interesting. Think about what he says. And he that putteth not into their mouths. What's he saying, right? He's saying, if you, as long as you gave these prophets something to eat, as long as you gave them something to drink, as long as you gave them money, they would say whatever you wanted them to say. They would do whatever you wanted them to do. Can I, can I tell you, this, this sounds like the prosperity gospel message. This is the pro- send me $500, and I've got this hanky that is blessed, and I'll send it to you. What? Bail money, there it is, yeah, bail money. <laughs> yeah. What? What are they well, you know, you know, God just wants everybody healthy, wealthy, and, and wise, and if and if you support us, you're gonna you're gonna be healed of all your diseases and all your problems are gonna go away. If you send us your life savings. What are they saying? He that putteth not into their mouth, they even prepare war against him. You you don't Keep feeding them. You don't keep taking care of them. Well, you know what they're going to do? do they, are they really concerned about the people? No. He says, you don't keep putting into their mouth. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to turn against you. You don't, you don't take care of them and, and just support them. They're going to turn against you, and you become their enemy. You're going to become their enemy. I mean, you think about, um, again, just think about this. Jeremiah says, uh, well, before I get to Jeremiah, let me... In, in Romans chapter uh, 16, right? Romans chapter 16. He says in verse number 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is really remarkable what Paul says here. But their own belly. They're serving their own belly. What did Micah just say? If you don't put into their mouth, right? He says it, the, um, in, in, in verse number five, he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. There's a lot of that going on today. Jeremiah chapter five, verse 30, he says, an astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land. 
The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. The prophets are falsely prophesying. The priests are, are there, they're becoming the rulers, and they're doing things wrong. But watch, this is what's really amazing. And my people love to have it so. God says, my people love to have it this way. Now, I don't think God was talking about the people that are being oppressed. They're not enjoying it. But those that are getting a profit off of it, those that are stealing, those that are living it up, they're enjoying it. And he said, my people love it this way. Instead of wanting to follow God and instead of hating the evil and loving the good, he said they love to hate the good. And hate, excuse me, they love to hate good and love evil. That's what they enjoy. Can I tell you that? That is a sign of a depraved society. That is a depraved society when we love the evil and hate the good. That is our society. Oh, I understand there's still some people that are trying to to hold some moral standards and things, right? I mean, you see what's going on in the news today with beer companies and clothing companies and all this junk that's going on there, right? Let me tell you something. We can be like, oh, at least there's somebody holding some moral ground, right? For now, what's going to happen in five years? Because let's just, let me just say this. None of you, none of you ever would have thought we would be experiencing what we are today 10 years ago. You look at how far depraved we've gone in 10 years. Where are we, where are we going to be in five years? We are living in a depraved society. And this is exactly what he's saying. But it's the, the priests, the, the, these that are supposed to be the religious leaders that have led them astray in this. But watch what he says. He said, Therefore night shall be unto you. You shall not have a vision. And it shall be dark unto you that you shall not divine. And the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. God says there's coming a day when there would be darkness. The, the term, the phrase darkness there refers to judgment. There's going to be judgment coming. Those who claim to be of God would be found out that God was nowhere near them. They had nothing to do with God. It was all just words. He says, Then shall the seers be ashamed and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall shall all cover their lips. But watch this. For there is no answer of God. God says, Not only has he turned his face from them. He has hid his face from them, but he says, God says, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to answer. And these are the these are the religious leaders, not just the political leaders that we saw earlier, but these are the religious ones. And he, God says, There's no answer. Because judgment is coming, and you're going to be found out exactly who you are. You're deceivers. You are uh, they're going to be ashamed, and they're going to be taken in their own sin. What a sad day when God hides his face. What a sad day when there is no answer of God. How do we get to there? When Christians just don't take a stand. 
when we choose to just follow the world and not take a stand for right and truth, we're going to get to a day when God says, I'm just going to hide my face from you. And there is no answer of God. Friend, I don't want that day to be in my day. I don't want that to be in my time. But if there aren't Christians willing to take a stand for truth and right and hold not just morals, but hold the truth of the word of God, we are fast approaching that day. I wonder if their heads bowed and their eyes closed. For just a moment, I wonder tonight, have we, like Israel, chosen to hate the good and love evil? Is that where we are today? We shouldn't be. As Christians, we ought to love good and hate evil. And we can look at Israel and we can look at our nation and we can say, oh, I can't believe how horrible it is. But wait a minute. No, no, no. First, we have to say, what about ourselves? What about ourselves? Because if I'm not willing to hate evil, if I'm not willing to hate evil, How can I expect anyone else to? Father, I pray you'd help us tonight, Lord. Lord, just to examine our hearts, we would realize how important it is for Christians to take a stand for truth. We'd be willing to love the good and hate evil. Lord, we're living in really dark days. And yet, no, we know that there's light that can be shined for the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, help us to shine that light while we may. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to...